Welcome to Through the Grapevine, our weekly podcast from Holy Infant Catholic Church in Durham, North Carolina. This is Amber, and I'm here with Jeff and Michaeline. How are you both? I am drowning a little bit. I can't believe we're like a week and a half out from Christmas. Um, I've really tried to be enjoying Advent for at keeping Advent, Advent, and Christmas, Christmas this year, um, but I'm realizing in doing that, that I'm not meeting some shipping deadlines for <laughs> presents. So I need to get on that very soon. Oh, I am. I'm f- fine. It's just, it's definitely um, a crazy time of um, year. And for me, Christmas is a big, uh, a big, huge deadline that has a whole lot of stuff that I always seem to be doing, um, at, even though it happens every year. So, um, but, uh, but it, it, it's exciting, um, to get ready. I do, I do actually like Christmas. So, um, yeah, so I'm doing good amidst the craziness, I think. Yeah. So this week we have a special interview with Barbara Ralston, who is a member of our Stephen ministry here at Holy Infant. But first, Jeff, what are we drinking today? Uh, well, this is, uh, it's called the Franck, I guess. Um, it's, not from France, it's from California, I think, but it's a, a Cabernet, and I picked it because it has um, some, uh, it has, it apparently has some herbal and fragrances and stuff like that, aromas and things like that that are supposed to be healing, and so I thought since we were, um, we were, I'm talking about the Stephen ministry, um, that it, uh, and that's definitely a ministry of healing, so it might be a good, uh, a good wine, and I think we've, I only have like two, um, or two or three white ones in a row or yes. something like this. I don't think this is going to be very sweet. So it's very dark. Yeah. There we go. You know, it's funny because from my interview with Barbara, she said that Stephen ministers are the caregivers, but God's the caregiver. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if the wine can <laughs> also be a caregiver or a caregiver. Yeah. Maybe both. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Hopefully it's not too... Uh, cheers. Oh, yeah, cheers. There we go. Oh, I like it. Yeah, that's actually... It. And you can taste it. It does have all kinds of stuff in it. So, very interesting. I was tempted to bring chocolate from downstairs up because um, I think this would go actually pretty well with some uh, dark chocolate, too. So It makes me want to <laughs> eat, like, a red meat with it. Mm, potatoes. Yeah, that's like good, it, too. <laughs> seems like a good dinner wine. Yeah. So, oh, and Jeff, where did you get this oh, yes. from? I got this from Harris Teeter. <laughs> um, so, uh, only yeah. the finest here at Holy Infant. Yeah, I looked at every wine in the whole aisle for too long of a time. So, um, <laughs> but no, it's this actually, yeah, it's good. Like it. Uh, yeah. So, what else is going on? Well, we have our Christmas masses coming up. Uh, Jeff, can you remind everyone what time our masses are for Christmas Eve and Christmas Day? I'm sure. Um, so uh, we have four masses. Uh, it's weird this year. So Christmas is actually on Sunday. Um, so it's uh, 
uh, sort of strange. Um, so, uh, Christmas Eve is on Saturday, obviously. So we have um, mass um, at four o'clock, which is usually like the family mass. That's our children's choir is going to be singing for that. And they'll do um, some a special service of lessons and carols. And we'll have the blessing of the nativity um, before that, starting at about 3.30. So get there early, uh, get your seat, and um, there'll be some um, good music. Um, so 4 p.m. for the, that Mass, and then 7 p.m. Um, is sort of the, the evening Mass, and we have a uh, women's choir, a small women's choir that's going to sing for that, and they'll do lessons and carols before that, too, at about 6.30. And then 10 p.m. is our Mass at night. It's sort of our midnight Mass, So um, uh, and we'll have brass and full choir for that and lessons and carols before that, probably a little earlier, like starting at like 9.20-ish. Um, and then mass in the morning is at 10 a.m. in the church. So I have a question for you. Okay. Have you ever had a Christmas Eve at home? Um, I mean, not since I, not since I left college. I remember the last one. So the last time I tried to do that, um, it was my first year working in a church and I did get the morning off and I, I usually am able to do that, which is nice. Uh, so I decided though I had to be home in Maryland because that's where my family is. And it was sort of the first time I worked here was the first time, you know, I didn't go home for Christmas, which was sort of a big deal. So we had, I think we did have a mass at 10 o'clock, which ended probably at 1130, probably was out of the church at noon or at midnight. And I drove overnight from here to Baltimore and it was 70 degrees here and somewhere, I took a nap somewhere in the middle of Virginia at a rest stop, and the temperature dropped to like 40 degrees, and it, there was like thunder and stuff. It was really bizarre. I remember going to a gas station at three in the morning, and there were lots of people gambling, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, gambling machines. It was very, it was very like surreal. By the time I got to Washington, D.C., it was snowing. By the time I got home at about nine o'clock in the morning, Christmas morning, there was like five or six inches of snow on the ground. It was all bizarre, and I decided that was probably not a good idea to be so doing. Was I was really tired. Or after? This was very before. Okay, Colette. this is bef- way before Allison would have. a baby into that mix. No, too. this is before Allison would have said that is the dumbest thing <laughs> I can think of you ever. So uh, yes, um, this was yeah. I was you know first first Christmas uh, away. So yeah. So okay. since then, I've sort of you know we go up see family afterwards which is the better way to do it i think so the life of a liturgy director <laughs> yeah it's mind-boggling it's def- it's all backwards basically your weekend is your work days and your week days for your weekend and yeah it's very strange so like we mentioned earlier this week's interview is with barbara ralston uh who is a stephen minister and we sat down to talk about um, not only what stephen ministry is how they care for the parishioners in this parish but also just some general strategies on how to navigate the holidays especially if you are walking in a difficult season of life so i hope you enjoy the interview I am here with Barbara Ralston, one of the Stephen leaders from Stephen Ministry here at Holy Infant. Welcome to the podcast. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you for having Stephen Ministry with you this morning. 
So today's uh, episode is focused um, not only on Stephen ministry, but how to navigate the holidays, especially if you're in a difficult season of life. So um, for people, new parishioners here, what is Stephen ministry and how did it begin? Well, Stephen ministry is a ministry that provides high quality, confidential, one-to-one Christian-centered care to people in our congregation and our community who are experiencing difficulties in their life. It began actually in 1975, so 47 years ago, started in St. Louis by a pastor whose name is Dr. Kenneth Hout. He's a pastor and a clinical psychologist. And in 1975, he had just graduated from seminary and was about to start shepherding his first congregation. When he started, reality set in, and he realized there are a lot of people here with a lot of difficulties. I'm only one person, and I don't have enough time in the day to manage all of this, but I do have help. I have other people in the congregation that could help me. So what he did was to put together a training program for a small group of his parishioners and taught them how to deliver pastoral care. It was a huge success, so successful that other churches in his area asked him to come and train people within their parish, and by 1978, it had expanded to a huge program of training people to deliver pastoral care and support their pastoral community, the pastors in their community, as a nod to, as a tribute to St. Stephen, who was responsible for caring for the poor and the needy, they named it Stephen Ministries. And so it goes on today, where we have about 13,000 churches throughout the world who have Stephen Ministry programs within their congregations. And I just read recently that since 1975, we have trained over 600,000 Stephen Ministers. So Wow. It's big. Is Stephen Ministry... Um, a entirely Catholic organization? Are there Christian churches that aren't Catholic that have Stephen ministry? Yes, there are. As a matter of fact, Dr. Hauk is a Lutheran pastor, and that's really where it started within the Lutheran church in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, but there are Catholic parishes who have it now. There are many diverse Christian faiths who have it. Um, there are also some organizations that are not affiliated with a religion that also offer it because of the power that it has behind it. It's not specifically one religion or another. It's Christian-based, Christ-centered. So how did you get involved with Stephen Ministry here at Holy Infant? Well, I knew a little bit about Stephen Ministry, so when I heard the information at Mass about six years ago that Holy Infant intended to bring the ministry to the parish, I knew how valuable it could be. But what really drew me in is that Stephen Ministry is a ministry of presence. It's not just making a couple of visits and then hoping somebody does well. It's a commitment to be present in the life of someone who is struggling with a very heavy burden until that person is able to see their way forward. And that might take a few weeks or a few months or even a year, but we're committed to staying with them and walking on the path. And you, you seem very passionate about it. Where does that passion come from for Stephen Ministry? Well, in this ministry, we are taught that God is the caregiver and we are the caregivers. And during the time, the six years I've been a Stephen Minister, I have seen this again and again. 
just by being there, just by being a constant presence to a care receiver, someone they can depend on can be a very powerful thing in the life of someone who's in crisis. But it's also humbling to realize that God is using you, the Stephen minister, as a conduit to show Christ's presence to them while they navigate this path. And that is the core of Stephen ministry. That's my passion. Okay, so I've been paired with a Stephen minister. What What's next? What do those actual pastoral care sessions look like? Once you've been paired with a Stephen minister, you'll receive a call from the person who's going to be your caregiver. This is a ministry in person. It's men ministering to men, women ministering to women. And once that person contacts you, you will set up a time to meet face-to-face. It is an in-person ministry. It is better to meet in person. And you'll decide where you're going to meet, someplace that's private, someplace that's confidential, where you're not going to get a lot of interruptions. You're not going to run into people who might recognize you and think, oh, what's going on over there? Um, so it, that's the way it will begin. And then you will begin to meet And in those meetings, you will begin to talk about the difficulty that has brought you to Stephen Ministry. And as those meetings progress and the trust you have develops between the two of you and the person realizes this is a safe place, I can talk here, I can tell them what's on my mind, it's confidential, it's never going to leave this room, then you have the ability to begin actually helping them to see their way through a situation. It's a process of establishing trust and giving them the confidence that everything that is discussed between you and your care receiver is personally never going to leave that room. It's confidential. And that's the way the sessions go. We use prayer and we use scripture in our meetings with our care receivers. But sometimes people come to these sessions in a very dark place. They're angry. They're angry with God for what's happening in their life. And they're not entirely willing to pray. So it takes some time for them to be reintroduced to that spiritual component in their life and to recognize the strength that can come from being from prayer and from scripture. So it's it's a path we want them to walk on, but we have to discern when they are ready to hear those things. But at the end of your meeting, you're setting up another meeting, and so you have a routine, and the meetings become um, scheduled things on your calendar. You meet together as long as this needs to happen in order for the person to be strong enough to walk independently again. And that was going to be, that was going to be my next question is, um, how long do you people typically, is there like a time limit on how long I could be paired with a Stephen minister? Um, is there a time limit on, you know, how long I can have a Stephen minister before, um, they need to move on to the next person? Is there anything like that? No, there is no time limit. You can't put a time limit on someone's difficulty. You can't put a time limit on how long this is going to take someone to actually return to that path of being able to stand on their own. 
and to move forward on their own. So we don't put a time limit on it. It's however long you need to be with a Stephen minister. That's how long we're with you. So what we are moving into the holidays and this, um, while it can bring a lot of joy for people, um, it can also be a really difficult time for people, especially if, um, just like you've been saying, they're carrying a heavy burden. They've experienced loss this year. They've ever experienced loss. It's just a time that can bring up a lot of emotions in people. So what are some strategies listeners can implement if they're navigating this holiday season um, and it's a difficult season of life for them? Well, I would say that fear is the root of a lot of anxiety and stress. And it's not easy to set fear aside when our hearts are truly frightened. But if we can come back to prayer, if we can come back to just breathing, to come back to silence, the fear can start to dissipate. And even if we don't quite reach a level of outright courage, we can reach a place of trust, knowing that God will have our backs and that with God we can get through anything. I think one of my um, the one of the best strategies I've been suggested um, in navigating any difficult time, holidays or not, is routine. Mm. Um, and I am someone who thrives on consi- consistency. And just going back to what you said about fear um, is the root of a lot of anxiety in people's hearts. Um, I like routine is my coping mechanism for that for better for worse um but I often find when I have a routine or I just have certain expectations of um okay this um I am going to accomplish x today and then it happens um even if everything else around me is chaotic I have, you know, I have this one thing, whether, and that could be, it could be prayer. It could be going for a walk, like, but just having some sort of routine has often helped um, me navigate difficult times as well. So what would you say to someone who is struggling, but feels like their struggle isn't big enough to warrant the use of Stephen ministry? Well, I would say that we're not looking at the size of a problem. We're looking at an individual who has a difficult time happening in their life. Something got dumped on them that they weren't expecting. And we're looking at that, the individual who needs support, who needs help. But I recognize that it isn't easy for people to ask for help. A lot of times we think, well, this is my problem. I have to solve it. That's, that's just the way it is. Sometimes we think, if I had more faith, if I had more belief and more trust, I would be able to handle this. I shouldn't be asking anybody for help. But in reality, it takes a lot of courage to recognize when you do need help and to ask for it. So I would say that we don't look at problems and compare them with other people's problems. We look at an individual and know that they're struggling with something that has completely turned their life upside down. And we know we can help them walk this path and navigate this path and come out on the other end a different person. You don't have to do this alone. You have a group of people here who are trained to walk with you and we're very willing and committed to do it. 
I love um, what you said, and I it reminds me of an analogy I've been told before about how some people have salad plates and some people have dinner plates, and both of those plates can be full. Um, it, it doesn't mean just because one's a smaller plate that someone has more on their plate than another. Both plates are still full. Um, and so I think that really goes back to what you said about struggles um, that if you're considering Stephen ministry, if you're considering, well, I don't know if my struggle is big enough or not, it's probably big enough to warrant a Stephen minister. If that, if, you know, if God's put that thought or the Holy Spirit's put that thought in your head, um, it never hurts to just reach out, right? Exactly. It never hurts to reach out. And I know it takes a lot of courage to do that, but I admire you for doing it. And I encourage you to do it because we're here. So on the flip side of this, um, what, what is the process of becoming a Stephen minister? If someone's listening um, and they're you know, interested, like, oh, that might be something I'm, I would be interested in doing. What, what qualities make um, someone a good Stephen minister? And what's, what does that process look like? Well, a good Stephen minister is a very good listener. They're someone who has a lot of compassion, a lot of empathy. They're patient. They're trustworthy. They um, can be encouraging and affirming to people who are in situations that need that. They are, um, as I said, trustworthy and, and so can keep confidences. They won't discuss the things that you're sharing with them. And to become a Stephen minister, if this if this is something that appeals to you and you are um, looking for a way to serve and feel that Stephen Ministry might be the avenue for you, the first step would be to contact Lynn because Lynn um, will then set up an interview with you and talk with you about it. There's an application for you to complete. And at the end of that, if you've been selected to, if this is the right ministry for you, there is a 50-hour training course to commit to. And at the end of that, once you're commissioned, there are two meetings a month that you're committed to attend. And beyond that, if you have a care receiver, then of course you have weekly routine meetings with your care receiver. So it's not something to take lightly. It's not something where I can go to the meetings if it's okay, if I don't have anything else going on that night. It is a true commitment, but it's such a worthwhile commitment. I'd encourage you to think about it if you feel that you're called to do this. If someone's listening to this episode and is feeling like that they may benefit from um, the care of a Stephen minister, what would their next steps be? Contact Lynn or Father Robert, either one of them. Well, we appreciate having you on the podcast today, um, and we hope you have a great Christmas season. Thank you very much, Michael, and for having me. I appreciate the time with you. Wow, what a great interview with Barbara, Michaeline. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with her. As I was listening to that, I thought a lot about just the relationship building that goes into Stephen ministry um, and how I'm sure that helps so many of our parishioners, not only in how they're being cared for, but also just 
reconnecting with the community and knowing that there is someone in this building who loves and cares for them. Another thing that I thought was particularly interesting was when you guys were talking about anger and how people feel angry during these times when they're facing challenging circumstances and how a lot of times we channel that anger towards God and yet you know, he doesn't turn his back on us and he sends us these Stephen ministers and these people who want to help us. So even though we might be feeling abandoned, knowing that he hasn't and that he's here working through our Stephen ministers, I thought it was a beautiful reminder um, that all of the work we do and the goodness we put out is from him. I really appreciate how in my interview with Barbara, it was evident that they are very aware that some people come into Stephen ministry very angry because I think one of my misconceptions about Stephen ministry and one of my hesitations with it was that it was going to turn into something where you're just going to pray the burden away. And that is not the case at all. And she really emphasized how while some people might respond really well to prayer and scripture as a form of healing, other people come into Stephen ministry very angry and And that's not an appropriate way to be a caregiver for them. So I was really impressed with the care and thought they put into, each Stephen minister puts into uh, walking alongside and helping lift um, the burden of each individual person. It's very individualized. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's impressive. I think that she said there's 50 hours of training for ministers and you can imagine when you first think about something like this is such a delicate thing. And like this, um, you know, really takes such care to like help guide and say, you know, because it's so easy to say things that um, could really make things go in the wrong direction. Um, And so I, what's impressive to me is that there's a, like a way that this, um, this Lutheran pastor um, back um, uh, in the seventies, I guess, figure out a way to train, a whole group of people to be able to do this for then to be able to basically like multiply and minister to so many more people. Cause we know like how many people really are struggling and uh, need this type of um, just sort of somebody just to walk like, a company through, through a tough time. So, um, so it's pretty amazing. And um, I'm really glad that that's something that um, that Holy Infant um, started to do. And I hope it continues to, to build. So like we mentioned in the interview, but I think it's worth mentioning again, if you or someone you know is in need of a Stephen minister, please contact Lynn Sale in the parish office and she will get you connected. So next week, we have a very special guest, a little Christmas gift for all our parishioners. Father Robert will be joining us talking about dust and dna his journey from scientist to priesthood so until next week you heard it here through the grapevine This is what I'm supposed to say, right? Until next week, you heard it here first.
No, that's like no. through the grapevine. Duh. You heard called. it here. Then just heard it here, not first. I won't miss On it. the grapevine. On the grapevine. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, we are hanging out. 